the contribution of Vygotsky's theory to the science of psychology is comparable with the contribution of Newtonian's mechanics into the physics, uh, theory of evolution of Darwin to biology and theology, and the Copernicus revolution to astronomy. coming from Australia, uh, Gatskian psychologist. Is that a good, is that a good uh, explanation? Is there a better Yes, term? yeah, I think it, this is the best one. Okay, great, great. Then, Vygotsky student. Vygotsky not, student. Not literately, because, uh, but I'm still, I'm still learning from him. Yeah, Vygotskian, <laughs> Vygotsky student, Vygotskian scholar, uh, tra <laughs> translator, maybe popularizer. Um, well, it's good to see you. And, and often when I have uh, a block that I reach in my own understanding, which is constantly, um, you're one of the people I turn to and you're so generous with your time. And uh, I appreciate that. And today was, I'm not sure if it was so much of a block in my understanding as much as a curiosity. And uh, I'm just kind of curious about where Vygotsky's reputation stands nowadays 2020 2021 uh maybe broadly maybe broadly as a researcher or specifically in fields like education or maybe psychology um does it does it stand tall does it stand properly is his reputation does it does it match his contributions just things like that and i just figured we could maybe have like an open chat about that yeah. Uh, dear Anthony, can I ask you to give me a favor? Can you share the, the your questions? Uh, just a list of questions you showed me before the meeting. Yeah, sure. You want to see that on my screen? I, I want these questions to be on the screen. <laughs> okay, sure. Because just... they are very interesting questions. Okay, great. Uh, just give me one moment, please. Okay, I have the questions here. And... Uh, uh, I know, yeah. I know. Okay. You you did not expect me to ask, and this is the evidence that we have a spontaneous talk. It was not completely planned. Uh, I love these questions. They are very good questions and they are provocative questions. And then mm. I I hope that people who listen and watch these videos will be intrigued intrigued sometime somehow with mm. these questions and. Um, what I want to share with you is, just being honest with you, I prepared a sort of sort of PowerPoint presentation mm. about about nice. this, and which probably answers these questions not directly, somehow indirectly, but at least uh, I hope that my presentation will be not. Uh, less interesting than your questions mm. now uh, it's my turn to share the screen and i have to ask you the permission to share the screen because sure. host disabled participants to screen sharing okay yeah well uh your first question is about reputation but as we are from different cultural backgrounds uh, I'm, <clears throat> uh i have a cultural a russian cultural background and for us the word reputation is uh, has a kind of connotations like to be good or to be bad or something something like that it's more personal reputation as a as a as a this is the russian meaning so um, that's why i would like to change a little bit mm -hmm. not to speak about reputation of Vygotsky as a personality but the uh, what is the status? What is the position? What is the role? What is the place of Vygotsky's theories theory in, uh, in, in, in contemporary psychology and uh, specifically in relation to the mainstream psychology? Mm -hmm. That's, and the first question might be 
uh, very interesting. And the first answer is clear. Uh, Vygotsky is presented mostly in a history of psychology. If you take the psychological textbooks or about the history of psychology, he is there. Because this is the fact, the theory was created almost 100 years ago. And once it was uh, created by Vygotsky and his colleagues and his followers 100 years ago, it might look like, like an outdated theory, which is old, which belongs to the history, and, and people who are interested in the history might be interested in that. But contemporary psychology is different. It goes far, far, far away, far, far, far beyond all these historical people, and therefore it has only historical interest. That's the point I want to discuss, and this is the point I, I want to <coughs> make a counter-argument, if you like, <laughs> if you like. So, and uh, that's what I'm going to do. If you can give me 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just to, just to share something with you. So, and the question is very simple. Is the cultural historical theory still alive? Mm. Or it was one of those existed in the history and we have to respect, but not to use. So, is it outdated or not? So, from my point of view, Vygotsky's theory, cultural historical theory, is the fundamental, is the fundamental for the whole psychology. It's one of the fundamental theories of psychological development. And it has a very specific subject matter. And the subject matter is the process, the process of development, the development, genesis of higher psychological functions of the human being. And why I say it's a fundamental theory? Because it really made a fundamental contribution to the whole psychological science of the 20th century and 21st century. And because it's a fundamental theory, so the contribution is also a fundamental. But the point is that this contribution being fundamental is not still recognized and it's still not discovered. That's why I said Vygotsky's theory remains undiscovered theory, unfortunately. And uh, way, it's, there is no way to rehabilit for rehabilitation. There is a way of reanimation, so to say. Mm. Our task is just to bring the uh, theory as it is to the agenda and to see how, how fundamental the theory is and what is the place of the theory in the history of psychology. So, from my point of view, from my point of view, it's uh, one, one of the points which is important is that this theory suggests the, um, the deepest level, uh, which is the same as the highest level of analysis of the process of development through culture and history. Why I say it, the deepest level of analysis? Because it reveals the dialectical dialectics, dialectical character of the process of development of human beings. And the theory is somewhere between the dialectics as a method of analysis, philosophical methods, and, and practice, practical application. That's why Vygotsky himself called it intermediary theory, which is the theory which applies dialectical understanding of development to the specific area, to the specific area of psychological development. This is the only one theory which consist, cons, consciously, consistently applies the dialectical method to understanding of the process of development of higher psychological functions. That's why it's an intermediary theory. And for me, so, this is... So I'm sorry, real quick. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're suggesting that he's using sort of a philosophical approach of dialectics yeah. combined yeah. with, combined with yeah. the experimental theoretical approach, and yeah. those two things combined together is yeah. part yeah. of the uniqueness. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the first uniqueness of the theory is that uh, this theory not um, how to say uh, consciously, deliberately. And it was Vygotsky's task 
to create a sort of intermediary theory which uh, helps to apply uh, the dialectical method of analysis of development into the specific field of psychology. And uh, this makes it this theory unique because that was the task Vygotsky had and it was the task uh, he resolved and this is the theory he has created. Now Anthony, you see you can open 100 textbooks with the description of Vygotsky theory. You, you will never find anything about this. My question is why? Mm. So even because of this, he should not be in one in the line of many, many other theories, because this is this this is a distinguishing feature of this theory. It is not completely psychological, it's a dialectical psychological theory, so to say. Okay. Is it is it uh, is it people see that see that title, Das Kapital, and and uh want to just sort of block it out? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, is that yeah. is that part of why yes. Yes, you are I'm right. Looking, I was looking at some work from uh, Holbrook Mann lately, some of his talks and papers, and, and he's he's all over this too. He, he's he's very yeah. much saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. The same way as Marx applied dialectical uh, method to the analysis of the society and the economy, Vygotsky did the same. He applied the dialectical method to build the theory of psychology, psychological yeah. development. We can compare. We can compare his contribution to psychology with the contribution of Marx to political economy. Okay. So and then, and that you know, right or wrong, that that's going to turn some people on, turn turn some people off. Uh, but but that's not really that's not really the point here at all. Yeah. 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 And you see, this is a kind of evidence. Uh, it's not what I think it's, uh, what I'm saying is just based on Vygotsky's own words. He said that, that we have to change the understanding of child development, that child development is a complex dialectical process. And we have to find the tools to analyze the development, the process of psychological development as a complex dialectical process. That was the task. And the theory is kind of answer to this task. And um, on the other hand, point two is that what Vygotsky did in psychology is actually uh, can be compared, is the same, I mean, is can be compared with what Darwin did, Charles Darwin did to biology. And what you see on the screen is the linear system of classification. It was a zoology, biology uh, was based on the classification. But classification is the first stage of development of any scientific discipline. So all these species were classified belonging to species, genus, families, orders, class, and kingdoms. And everybody was happy with that theory. But then Darwin made something. But before, we come into Darwin. I'm again. I'm again asking Vygotsky. You see what Vygotsky says that psychology is the science which is based on the description of different phenomena, and that is, this is true. Anthony, open every every psychological textbook, and you will see the chapters: uh, perception, thinking, memory, and classify and classification types of perceptions, types of thinking, types of memory, and everything. It looks very linear. And Vygotsky said that it's, that this state of art should be overcome by introducing the idea of development, the same way as Darwin uh, introduced the idea of biological evolution. The task for Vygotsky was not to explain psychology using biological evolution but to introduce the idea of development, cultural, historical development of higher psychological functions. And therefore, uh, I can compare his contribution to world psychology uh, with the contribution of, the, of Darwin's theory into biology. The same, the same. And 
Look, it might be very simple. If you speak, if you speak with any biologist, evolutional biologist, you can ask a question. What are the three main processes of evolution? And Darwin's theory gives an answer that all evolution consists from three processes. Aromorphosis, adaptation and degradation. That's it. Of course, every process of these three processes is very complex, but this is a complete explanation. But if you ask, what are the two main processes uh, in Vygotsky's theory? You will never have any answer. Mm. It's not written in the textbooks. It's not written in any books about Vygotsky. I, I can give you an answer. There are two processes. The first is Vrastanie in Russian, which is the growing of the subject of the child into the culture. And the second is Vrashivanie, which is growing, growing in of higher psychological functions from outside inwards. These are two main processes which explain the process of cultural development from psychological point of view. You can compare the list on the left and list on the right. But again, uh, you can ask several Vygotskians this question and you will have different answers. Such as? Oh, uh, people might say zone of proximal development or learning and development or something like that. But I, I'm still wondering why Vygotskians do not discuss these two main things. Okay. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to criticize anyone. I'm just. Uh, yeah. I'm just making a statement that you, have, you cannot call yourself. You have a, yeah, oh, sorry. You cannot call yourself a Darwinian or biological or evolution evolutionary biologist if you have no idea about three processes of evolution. Impossible. But you can call yourself Vygotskian scholar, having no idea about these two main processes which uh, consist uh, which uh, the problem of uh, the process of cultural development consists from this is what i'm saying mm. very interesting right so and the last point i want to share is that when we speak about development psychological development uh, <clears throat> this means that there are laws of development. If you want to build the theory of development, you have to discover the laws of development. And this is again what Vygotsky says. Mm -hmm. The laws that govern their course and fate. All these constitutes the subject matter of these investigations. This is Vygotsky's words from the preface of Leontief's book on development of memory. But if you ask the question, what are the laws of psychological development uh, the cultural historical theory is based on? You can ask uh, 10, 15, 20, 50 Vygotskians the same question, and you will never have the same answer. Mm. Some speak about only one law, somebody knows three laws, somebody knows three and a half, and so on and so on. But when you are speaking with the, any physician, physicist doing research in mechanics, if you ask, hey, what are the laws of Newtonian mechanics? These people might consider you as a stupid, say, why are you asking this question? How can I do a physical research having no idea about this, right? And if you ask the physician to explain what does it mean, they will make it in 10 minutes, no problem. But when you ask, what are the laws of psychological development Vygotsky discovered in the cultural historical theory? You have different answers. And if you ask, what are the relations with, uh, of these laws? It will be a question they, again, might think you are stupid asking these questions which are beyond their knowledge.
I want to help you. This is the list of laws uh, of cultural historical theories based on. There are nine laws. And they all are in Vygotsky's published texts. And here there are the references. So people who are doing Vygotsky's studies for the last 50 years, they had no time to write one paper, just one paper which presents all of these laws, at least in the form of the list. You cannot find even one paper or even one book which presents all these laws in a certain order. My question is why? Is it possible to consider yourself as a, as a Vygotskyan scholar having no idea about this? I don't know. Okay. And the last point, and the last point is that Vygotsky's methodology, methodology of uh, research. This is very important because theory without method is like a knife without the handle. So, and from my point of view, Vygotsky's method of research helps us to formulate new type of research questions. From how and what research questions to why and what research questions. When we are doing observations, we can have a research question, for example, how, how private speech looks or how thinking looks. You can make an observation and you can answer the equation. It might look like this, like this, like this, like this. If you change the condition, it looks like this. When you're changing conditions, it looks like that. So all this is very important, but it doesn't give the answer to the question. Why it looks like this and this and this and this. And why it does not look like that and that, that and that. Vygotsky's theory is the theory which provides with the opportunities to answer the question, why? Mm. I can compare this with the contribution of the Copernicus to astronomy. Like a heliocentric or heliocentric model. That's what Vygotsky did in psychology, the same as Copernicus did in astronomy. I know, I know, it's quite familiar for you, right? Yeah. So, the, what was the, <laughs> what, what is the best picture to explain Copernicus' revolution? I think this is the picture, because if you look on the, on the right, so, uh, the yellow is sun, red is Mars, and blue is uh, Earth. If you look on the right, you see when when the Earth is in the in the center, when the Sun moves around the Earth, that's okay. But the planet Mars has a very interesting trajectory. You see, mm. and if you are locating and when you're looking from the Earth. If you are absorbing from the earth, if you are answering the question, how, you will never have an idea why Mars is moving such an interesting trajectory. Why the sun moves this way and the Mars moves that way. And to be able to, to give the answer why, you have to change your focus. You have to go to the sun and look from the sun and from the sun, the trajectory of Mars and the trajectory of Earth will be identical. Is there a similar move that Vygotsky made? Yes. That could be compared to looking at the Earth versus looking at the Earth? Yes, absolutely. That's, that was the contribution of Copernicus. And that was the same contribution Vygotsky did to psychology because, because, uh, uh, Vygotsky's method is the method which helps us to understand why this happens, what we can absorb, 
what is the reason of this happens. We are not only doing observations uh, and patterns, we are trying to explain why this phenomena exists this way and why not that way. So, <clears throat> this is the picture which, which gives the answer. So, you see on the left, the sunrise sunset. We can make an observation of sunrises. Okay, we can see the regularity, we can see the patterns of sun rising. And that's what people do. And this is what the empirical science does. The same way we can, we can make lots of observations of sunsets, right? You can collect the data of different sunsets, you can make a patterns and you can, can find the similarities between the different sunsets. But for you, in general, these two processes will be mutually opposite because sunrise and sunset are opposite, opposite things. Mm -hmm. But if you change the way to Copernicus, you will understand that sunrise and, and the sunset is the same process. Mm. They are not two opposite processes, they are the same. So Vygotsky's, Vygotsky's method of research helps me uh, as a researcher to find in things I observe, if they look differently, it might give, give me the answer. They look differently, but they are the same thing. Mm. And on the other hand, this research method helps me to understand if these things I observe are different, they might be the same things. Or if they look the same, they might be different by their origins, by their genesis. So, you see, uh, I, I compared this Darwin, Newton and Copernicus. I think it's enough. <laughs> and the last, does it need a rehabilitation? Yes, yes. Yes, we need, to, <clears throat> we need to speak about this when we speak to the mainstream psychologists. Unfortunately, Vygotskyan scholars had no time and had no interest to present to the mainstream psychology Vygotsky in the full sense uh, uh, um, uh, and, and therefore, well, this is the task, I think. We, we first have to discover the complete Vygotsky, and then we have to present this to the community. Oh, it took a little bit more. I wanted just 15 minutes, but thank you for not interrupting me. You are fantastic as always. Okay, thank you very much for that. Uh, Welcome. Extremely interesting. I, maybe my bottom line question at this point is, is, uh, is this, is Vygotsky's legacy or status, is it recoverable? Is it, is, you, you suggest it's in need of some rehabilitation. Is that doable? Is that possible? Is there a way forward with that? Or is this, a, or is this just Nikolai uh, in his particular point of view? Okay, you can consider this as Nikolai's particular point of view. No problem with that. And you are not the only one. Some colleagues of mine are telling me all the time that Nikolai, this is your particular point of view? It might be, okay, no problem. But again, I'm coming back to my presentation. If there is a researcher who discovered a system of laws of development, who presented these laws, who proved these laws through the experimental research, who published the explanation of these laws, not in one book, in several different books, but it's very easy to look at these old books and select. Okay, why, why then people who attribute themselves as Vygotskians, why they don't feel comfortable when I start talking with them about these laws? And the more I talk with them, the more I understand that they have no idea about this. Is this normal situation or not? And there is a researcher who discovered several laws presented, published, but the followers of whom don't care about them. I don't think it's a normal situation. I don't think so. It's like students of Darwin forgot about theory of evolution and only used some components. The biology would look differently. <laughs> 
the same was happened to Vygotsky. Darwin was lucky Vygotsky was not. So that's, that might be my own private interpretations, but these laws, for example, they are published in Vygotsky's original texts. It's not the laws from Nikolai, it's from him. But there is no even one single paper which explains all of these laws. Is it simply that nine laws are too many? Um, maybe there are too many, but at least, at least they have to be presented to the community, presented to psychologists who probably don't know Vygotsky at all, or for those who consider Vygotsky as being in the history who, did, who didn't do anything serious. So I can give you another example. Uh, uh, I still can read from Vygotskyan scholars um, uh, how they present cultural historical theory to the bigger community. For example, they say that one of the Vygotsky's ideas was that elementary functions are transforming into the higher psychological functions. And if you say things like this in every serious conference, people will consider you as a person who is absolutely outdated because there is a hundreds of research saying that higher psychological functions are not the results of the transformation of the lower ones. But Vygotsky didn't say this. He never said that. He said absolutely opposite. He said that high psychological functions are not the results of the transformation of the lower psychological functions because they have a different nature. They originate in a social environment. But if they originate in a social environment, they cannot be the results of the transformation of the lower functions because lower functions are biologically driven so so, so that's the, that's not common knowledge to you see this is a this is a, this is a historical issue and a terminological issue and interpretations or i can give you one more example i heard one of the famous Vygotskyan scholar told to the audience and the message was there is no canonic reading of Vygotsky. There is no canonic reading of Vygotsky, which actually means, hey guys, you can read Vygotsky the way you want. Hey guys, you can read the book Vygotsky the way you like. Can you imagine somebody telling, there is no canonic reading of Darwin. There is no canonic reading of Newton. Come on. How common is that? Uh, how common is that? Approach? It is. It is quite common, and there is a lot of debates about uh, this. And people say that it's because it's my way of interpretation. Okay, that's good. It's your ways of interpretation, and might be one hundred million ways of interpretation. But I want to hear Vygotsky's voice. Yeah, that was my this next question. If, if we if we took if we took away the personalities and the research oh, yeah. and the current academics and oh, yeah. tried to put tried to put Vygotsky's voice back in conversation with the community at large. This is a community I'm not part of. I don't have a psychology background, but if if Vygotsky's voice was to get back in touch with the psychological community at large. Um, uh, uh, how might that, how might that go? Like, what, what is a productive path for that conversation to reemerge? Oh, that, and, yeah, and by the way, it goes already. Mm. Uh, you probably know my publications, and in my publications, for example, I just provide this step by step, opening um, deepness of Vygotsky to the community, and I'm not not the only one. Uh, which is a small community which just so it takes time of course yeah and you're right uh, sorry I didn't want to offend anyone I was mm. just using uh, my colleagues which I love which I respect as an examples of the uh, 
of the of the situation and we are we are the victims of this long time period of misunderstanding and one of the reasons is that in the west i'm speaking about the western community at the moment in the west the image of the theory the understanding of the theory the interpretation of the theory of Vygotsky uh, um, appeared in late 70s when uh, only several books of Vygotsky's were published in English and they were published in, not in the best translation and very very fragmented so and the picture of Vygotsky theory was very fragmented and very so to say how to say unclear and therefore that image of Vygotsky theory which was created by the western researchers uh, dominated and still dominates but uh, last 25 years we have lot, lots of publications of, of unknown Vygotsky texts in Russian and even in English which gives us a lot more knowledge about the deepness of the theory and these aspects which were not available uh, uh, to, for the researchers many years ago but the task is to reintroduce Vygotsky to the to the bigger academy, to reintroduce Vygotsky in all possible deepness and richness, and this is the task for the new generation uh, of uh, uh, Vygotsky scholars and including practitioners like you, because as you know and you know that it works in the classroom perfectly well, so. And if they, if we just combine our efforts, the the researchers and the and experimenters and practical teachers and parents, we then together can create a kind of not a rehabilitation but reintroducing Vygotsky's theory to the academic community uh, without repeating these outdated interpretations. <laughs> because the theory is not outdated but interpretations of this theory are so and uh, i think this is the task for me and you probably know that i'm i'm doing a project which is in the process <laughs> about uh, how to present Vygotsky theory in its in its complexity mm. i know that many people will consider this as a one more interpretation this time Nikolai's interpretation, but okay, this is okay. Uh, we cannot control how people understand what you do, but what is needed is that we need a book which presents the cultural historical theory in complexity as a system of laws, interrelations between the laws, related to dialectics, principles, concepts, and method. Do you do you find that the uh, the community at large, the psychology community at large, uh, misunderstands Vygotsky's work in consistent way, certain consistent ways, and are any of those misunderstandings paired with kind of condescension? Like, do they kind of like laugh at it in, in some ways? Oh. You are bringing me to the border of my, uh, of my, not my competency, but my mm. moral principles. I don't want to. I don't I want to discuss. I didn't intend that. I'm just. I'm just uh, asking no, no, the first no, no, things sorry. that pop into my head. Sorry, uh, Anthony. Uh, uh, Anthony uh, this is a. Because it's, po it's possible that I'm misunderstanding the, the larger topic. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. There is, there is a misunderstanding and there is obvious misunderstandings. And one of these misunderstandings is about ZPD. That's, that's, and now this new vision of ZPD is now more and more accepted in the community. Even Vygotskians say that, oh, well, we have to, we have to finish with that primitive superficial understanding of ZPD. That, that's really what happened. Uh, but there are many other things which are still misunderstood. Not because we are not able to understand these things. No. What I'm saying is that um, to understand this, we have to 
come to Vygotsky and read again those things which were published the last 25 years and uh, where we can find the ways how to understand it deeper close to Vygotsky's understanding. That's, I think, yeah, it needs time. It requires to go and read carefully, which is not the habit of <laughs> contemporary academia to read people. People have to write a lot, they have no time to read, but uh, I think this is the only way. And, um, and, <laughs> and look, as I, as I said, this contribution, we need somebody to come to the academia, to come to practical teachers and to make presentations like this, like what I did, comparing Vygotsky with the uh, other giants of science. Look, I didn't touch any psychological problem. I was just comparing these things which are familiar to everyone like Darwin, like Copernicus, like Newton. So I did it on a very primitive level, as you see, so without getting into the deepness. So, but we need to get into the deepness, of course. And that's, that's might be a very interesting uh, job to do and very interesting project to do. Um, and then one, once we do this, we can then support young generation for better understanding. I don't want to change misunderstandings into understandings. If people misunderstand, so that's it. Okay, we need to think about the new generation of researchers who will be given the opportunity to understand rather than to misunderstand. I, I, was, go I was going to ask you, do you think some sort of like TED talk style presentation or, or perhaps a TED talk itself um, is doable on this particular topic and and who would you think might be a good person to do it and, and and if that person and if that person was you do you think this slideshow at the start of today's conversation might be a nice foundation for that because that that it seems that slideshow seems to function as like a it's curiosity provoking you know it's almost like a it's like an invitation for further you know you're making some interesting and bold claims there it's a, certainly an introduction, I mean, a, an invitation to look deeper. Mm. Uh, it, it, it is, or, or I'm always asking you this question too, like, is there a way to simplify or popularize something that's accessible without yeah. the super deep dive? Mm. It's one way to do this for general public, right? This is a specific genre, specific, uh, format and to do it for the academic community is a different story. Uh, I don't feel I'm okay to make a, this for general public because uh, for general public you definitely should simplify. Yeah, because general public uh, is a general public. But for popularization it's very good just to create curiosity that might be good and if you're okay with this we can do it together for example but uh, as i'm a researcher and uh, my task is to uh, supervise my phd students and to share these ideas with the early career researchers to orient their minds to teach them how to use the method and to teach them how to analyze the data, how to disclose the dialectical relations uh, in, in the process of uh, studying and analyzing the development. So this is a completely research task and it, it, and it requires deepness, the deep, deep, deepness. And as I, as I feel I can do this, <laughs> so I will focus on this because uh, I'm not dis disadvantaging the popular popular stuff, the general public, but mm, many people can do it for general public, right? But not too much people can do it for the uh, researchers because it needs a, 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 like a like an immersion. So that's why uh, my focus is and will be for some time for the uh, 
for the uh, how to say investing my knowledge and understanding to the new generation of the researchers but if there is any invitation from the general public platform like ted or to make a presentation something like this what i did for you mm. i will be more than happy i'm not closing this door but i have to think about my priorities and i think you would agree that that as a researcher for me it's much better much more efficient effective to focus on the uh, developing the new generation of researchers who really have a deep deep knowledge of cultural historical theory and then they gradually might change the landscape mm. so and if mainstream psychologists would love to invite me if they want to know who was that Kibikotsky. so i'm also okay to present uh, to them because i can speak their language they cannot speak mine but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a little bit of time left and i wanted to maybe i'll put you on the spot a little bit here and so i have one question with two parts and i'm going to ask you to uh talk about some of your favorite Gatsky and uh, maybe current or in the past. Um, maybe those who have their own interpretations on things, but they're still, they're still amongst your favorites, or maybe those who are trying to be a little more strict, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, who's, who has inspired you or impressed you or interested you, even if you don't totally agree all the time? Uh, who, who, whose work would you really like to recommend? Or, or take this question however you wish. Oh, this is, this is about my personal story. Well, uh, we have an existing picture which dominates. Then the picture is like there were three generations, three generations of Cultural historical activity theory. The first generation was Vygotsky, the second was Leontiev, and the third one is Michael Cole. This three generations model dominates, and this is quite a good model. Mm, but the point is that being very good model it still excludes some in, some famous researchers from the from the topic. Uh, First of all, I was inspired by Vygotsky himself. Of course, I didn't meet him personally, never, but I, had, I used to know his daughter, who was not a daughter, not, not a girl at the time, uh, Gita Lvovna, and his granddaughter, Elena Kravtsova, who was one of my friends. And it was a family, uh, and he had a lot of talks about Lev Simonovich and his theory. And, that was one of the inspiring moments. And the second, the second inspiring moment was Vygotsky himself, because when you read his texts, first you have an impression that, wow, so difficult, wow, so boring, wow, so long. It doesn't look like the publications we have now, where the short paper explains clearly, it's like a long philosophical considerations, but then, you are like the more you read the more you understand the deepness and you say wow how deep how he wants to go deeper and deeper and deeper and he invites you to go let's go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and then you enjoy it and you say wow that's a that's a magic this is mystical so and that was a, that was my inspiration and as as for the as for the researchers Vygotsky and researchers i i can give you a couple of names uh, I don't want to repeat the famous names like Alexander Luria or Alexei Leontiev and everybody knows about it. I want to draw your attention to one name, Lydia Bozovich. Lydia Bozovich. She was a Russian researcher when she was a student and a young, young researcher. She was working with Vygotsky. And when, after Vygotsky's death, he, she continued to work. Uh, and her idea was she studied motivation she studied many many things and uh, 
She was brilliant in developing the concept of Pere Giovanni. Unfortunately, only several publications of Bajonisha are available in the West. Unfortunately, she is not as famous as Luria, but for me, she was an inspiration. Then, of course, uh, Elena Kravtsova, Vygotsky's granddaughter. By the way, she is Vygotsky's granddaughter. She is really third generation, third generation of Vygotskians, but she is not in the Angstrom's model. Interesting, right? The real third generation is excluded from the third generation model. But let's leave it. It's not the focus. So, and she was a psychologist, professor in psychology, and she was working with small children, the same area I'm from. And they developed a very interesting program for development of young, young children called the Golden Key. The Golden Key, it's a system of upbringing and educating uh, of uh, children together with their families and siblings, like in a big family. So, and uh, of course, we, was, we were always in disagreement. She was critical to me, I was critical to her. And, uh, but what she did is, was fantastic. And said that she passed away last year. Well, this might be the answer to the question. And of course, indirectly, the work of one of my teachers, Vasily Davidov, uh, I did my first PhD with the professor from his laboratory. And if my first PhD was completely activity theory, so. And the only, uh, the only answer was when I, when I tried to clarify what is the difference between Vygotsky's and activity theory, the answer was, Nikolai, please don't ask this. Vygotsky is such a monument, such a mountain, mm. such a great ocean. Mm. But you, you, cannot, you cannot swim now. You cannot swim enough to be able to swim in this ocean. So please keep activity theory. Don't touch Vygotsky. And then when I did my mm. first PhD, I decided to start touching, looking at this mountain and, and climbing to this mountain. I'm still climbing. <laughs> so this is the answer. I know you might be disappointed with this answer. But. I'm not disappointed at all. I, I, do, I do have this question. Is, is there anyone whose work when it gets published, like if, if, if you get like an academia edu notification or you see somebody's name with a new, a new citation, do you get excited when you see that yeah, notification? Yeah, there is, there is one researcher. There is one researcher, high level, top, named Manolis Dafermos from Greece, from University of Crete. Absolutely fantastic. His knowledge of dialectic is incredible. He knows dialectics from ancient Greek dialectics into the, up to the Hegel's and Marx level of dialectics. And therefore, then therefore his work with Vygotsky is amazing because having the dialectical glasses, he can analyze Vygotsky's theoretical things in a very, very deep level. He recently published a book about re 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 rethinking Vygotsky's cultural historical theory. And I think that it's absolutely amazing book, which gives such a detailed and very, very deep picture of the development of Vygotsky's thinking from the very first articles published when Vygotsky was young up to the last so it's a, I, that, that book is a masterpiece. So, and everything Manolis da Fermos publishes, uh, I read with a great, great pleasure because this is the highest quality. Yeah. yeah. Little, yeah um, I, I tried to read some of his work. It was a little, a little too complex for me, but I'll, I'll revisit it. Yeah, but no, you know, we cannot write simple about the complex things. No, that's, not, that's not a criticism of any, anyone. <laughs> yeah, 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 I understand. Maybe yeah. not even myself, I'm not, maybe myself. Yeah. Um, is, no. is there, and then lastly, and you might not have an answer here, it's certainly possible. Um, if somebody's a teacher uh, of, of 
elementary, middle school, high school, even college. Mm -hmm. Is there any contemporary, uh, any contemporary person you could think of who's working with Vygotsky who you would recommend? For I have two, na two names in mind. The first, first is the absolutely fantastic researcher from the Netherlands, Bert van Eers. Bert is a researcher, he's an academic, but he works closely, very closely with the teachers, early childhood and primary and secondary school in the Netherlands. And he speaks fluently English, no problem. And he has developed several programs for for uh, the Dutch kindergartens and schools, his his work is very very practical focus. So um, the second name which is in my mind is probably uh, Viktor Zaretsky from Russia. Uh, he's standing somewhere in the middle between Vygotsky's theory and activity theory and uh, he developed he's he's working with uh, uh, teachers as well and, and parents and and even psychotherapy a little bit so using interestingly because his uh, uh, methods of, of studying uh, well honestly i was not ready for this question i'm just mm. uh, i'm just Clicking the bottoms in my head. <laughs> Let me amend the question slightly. The uh, maybe, um, maybe, well, might might be good to think about uh, Marianne Hedegaard from from Denmark. She's also working very closely with uh, teachers, and there is a. University, the whole university in Moscow called Moscow Federal University for Education and Psychology. This is a university which follows the Vygotsky's tradition and they have experimental schools, school, school number 91 in Moscow. Mm. They are applying the ideas of developmental education, developmental learning into the uh, practical. So when you are in Moscow, uh, I will. I can give you a recommendation letter to come to this university, and you will see how they work. Yeah, interesting. And, I, I, and I'm, I so, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that I'm cooperating with that university. Mm. Yeah. I have a, a slightly different question, and then one mm. follow up. Um, might might teachers be better off initially pursuing activity theory? or chat mm -hmm. before pursuing cultural historical theory? Like, is that a better fit? Mm. Or is it hard to say? Uh, you remember, we, we had a discussion about the difference between cultural historical and chat. So I don't think we need to repeat this. Mm -hmm. So it's up to the, look, okay, I can give you a metaphor of the market. Okay, you go to the market, and you want to buy something to eat and somebody suggests banana somebody suggests russian brown bread somebody suggests grape grapefruit or, 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 or the melon so it's up to you you know you can you can select things so and uh there are some things which are very attractive because they are very simple for example, chart cultural historical activity theories is quite a simple because it gives you a matrix and you take this matrix and you apply this matrix to any sort of social organization or institution being it a restaurant or a school or, or the industry factory or whatever and you can make research using this matrix uh, and you can then publish heaps of articles about that and you can make your career, no problem with that. Uh, well, cultural historical theory is something which is very specific, which is very fundamental. 
and you have to have you have to have a very deep background you have to work hard to to get into so it's a treasure you have to find working hard through the <laughs> making the tunnel to the, to the treasure so you cannot buy it like like a pay couple of pence to buy uh, to buy a banana so it's a it's a kind of gift you have to you have to <laughs> so and therefore but the, the research questions if you have this treasure in your hands you can you can ask such a research questions which are much much deeper than the question the research questions you can ask using uh, other theories so i'm not criticizing other theories because look Linnaeus system of classification of living species still exists right yes yeah Ptolemaeus astronomical model still exists and, and helps the practical uh, well the navigators navigators my brother is a sea navigator the ship mm. navigator they're saying no we are not we are not using Copernicus we are using Ptolemaeus because it's easier no problem at all but you if you really want to understand why Mars trajectory looks like this you have to go to the Sun you cannot go to the Sun physically but using this theoretical suggestion of Copernicus you can explain things much deeper much deeper and to find a real answer to the question why if your researchers interested in the questions how no problem if you are a researcher interested in the question why so you can buy a banana for how and you can buy a treasure of course you can you have to pay more for the treasure to answer but you will yeah. have you you can answer or you, you can find the answer to the question why which maybe, costs more or maybe you could buy the seeds and then <laughs> oh you can buy seasons. seeds yeah yes yeah for, for my uh for my final question and then i have to get ready get myself pack my lunch for work today um, <laughs> is, okay mm -hmm. let's see let's see how would you summarize our discussion today or at least the most important part in your view how would you summarize that in maybe two minutes or less if you could mm. okay uh, cultural historical theory is not one theories among other theories in a, in, a, in a row in the history. This is a very specific theory because this is a one fundamental theory which covers the most fundamental questions of psychology as a science. Okay? And the contribution of Vygotsky theory to the science of psychology is comparable with the contribution of Newtonian's mechanics into the physics. Uh, theory of evolution of Darwin to biology and zoology and the Copernicus revolution to astronomy and the problem is that this contribution is not discovered because the way Vygotsky theory is presented to the community is not is not as deep as it should be it remains very superficial very descriptive and very interpretive and this is the biggest issue so this is a fundamental very very deep theory which still remains unknown and undiscovered we have to discover and reintroduce this to the community of scientists and practitioners that's my summary Okay. <laughs> and then good luck if, if anybody if anybody happens to, to watch this and uh and wants to be a part of this be a welcome part of the effort you're uh, welcome are, are they welcome to contact you or, absolutely. or do, you any, do you have any recommendations for them absolutely i'm not living i'm not living in a in a in a castle so uh always open to anyone who wants to, to discuss and to, to suggest something the same story will happen to you do you remember anthony you just wrote me a letter say nikolai i'm interested to talk to you do you remember my response i do yeah yeah, yeah. so very, very very open very warm 
and uh, that's uh, that, that's the way I do. So please don't feel don't feel stressed and contact me and or Anthony. Uh, we're always ready to cooperate in any way. Great to see you. Okay. Okay. Cheers. Thank Cheers. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank this you, Anthony. Is, this is very very interesting, and I, I learned mm. a lot today. <laughs> Thank you very much, and we'll touch, I hope. Yeah. Yeah, I hope this is not our last meeting, right? I doubt it. I, doubt it. <laughs> I hope not, too. Okay. Ciao, Nikolai. Thank you. Ciao. Bye. Right, see you soon. Bye. Thanks.